zombies have taken over the world, and the world needs heroes. Hi folks, Timothy Harvey, the OutbreakChallenge.com has become sponsor of Zompocalypse Now. Use your real life steps and exercise to run from and battle the zombies on an interactive fitness adventure in the apocalyptic wasteland. You can do this alone, you can do it with your friends, see who survives. They have 17 different races and challenges to choose from. All of them have unique stories and themes. If you survive the challenge, they'll send you a real life medal. Now, this thing will easily pair with your Fitbit, your Apple Watch, other smart wearables. It is definitely a fun way to stay in shape or get back in shape after the last couple of years. We could probably all use some help with that. Now, if you want to try the Outbreak Challenge for yourself, you can save 15% off by going to their website, OutbreakChallenge.com, pick the race you want, and enter in the code ZOMBIERUN to save 15% off. That's our coupon code, ZOMBIERUN you get as listeners of the show to take advantage of the outbreak challenge try this out for yourself see if it works for you thanks so much folks and now let's get into our episode do you fear the zombie uprising are you prepared to survive what's coming if you listen very carefully you might just make it out alive this is zompocalypse now Hello. Oh, oh, wait. Say it again. Hello. There you go. I had uh, I had unplugged this early because it was all like twisted around each other, and uh, and so yeah, that's what that's what that was. Do this. I'm fixing. I'm fixing it. How's that? Good. Yep. I think so. It's just when you when you start chomping on it, it really distorts pretty bad. You got a good microphone there, sir. I hope so. I hope it lasts for a little bit. Yeah, for a for a Death Star microphone. Mine's lasted for many, many years. In fact, these are the ones that we buy for our trainers because they're inexpensive and they last a long time. I got mine off of YouTube. It's a Audio Technica, perfectly mm. adequate for what I do. Right, less, less than fifty dollars, but it it retailed for around a hundred, but. Got it used. God dang, there's mercifully little child presence. Right. Um, and also almost a good story. Like just just this close to being fun. You know, you know what? You know what? That I was watching it and I was going, you know what? This ain't too bad. This episode's not too bad. I wish I would have come into it with a better attitude because that really kept me from enjoying it as much as I think it should have, because they were up to some fucked up shit tonight. Yeah. And if there's anybody who loves fucked up shit, that's my cousin. No, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) I say, why isn't your cousin on the show with us? (laughs) Hang on. I accidentally went into a room and my dog wasn't in that room. Oh. oh. So so I had to go let the dog into the room. I totally understand. Yeah. I wish my cat wanted to be where I was, but my cat could give a shit. 
yeah. this one wants to be. I, Tim, your cats like me more than my cat does. <laughs> my cats are very friendly. Well, this one will. I, I know you've seen photos of her and you can see her here, but every time you've been over here, she's nowhere to be found. <laughs> well, she hides. Yeah. So, mm. speaking well, of hiding, June did a lot of hiding this this episode, hiding herself, hiding secrets, and we're going to tell you all about it on what Tim? I have no idea. Why are we here? Who am I? This is the Zompocalypse Now podcast. We are discussing Fear the Walking Dead season eight, episode two, Blue Jay, because dumb bird names. And I am Timothy Harvey. And I'm Dustin. And I'm Curtis Smith. I'm going to tell you that my name is Curtis Smith. And they're the whole, you know, all the things the marshals did for you. And and now. <laughs> And Dustin's last name is Time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because Dustin Time. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, so we we got to catch up with some old friends tonight. Yeah. Um, we got not, we got... not that they're any older than then, you know. They were the last time we saw them, despite the fact there's been a seven-year time jump, that everyone looks exactly the same. Yep. Except you know, now there are children who are older than they say they are. Yeah. Now, 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 last week I did a lot of talking about how I wanted to marry uh Kim Dickens. Yes. And uh she never got back to me. So now I'd like to tell Dharma I want to marry Dharma. Jenna Elfman. Jenna Elfman could be my lawfully wedded wife. Doing her premiere uh, Sarah Connor impersonation (laughs) was a highlight of the episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, Although they did some dumb stuff. Some, Some things happened. But let's start at the very beginning because, Tim. Well, I've heard tell. That the beginning is not the worst place you can begin at. I've heard it's the best, best place to place. start is in the middle of a scene. Yeah, I'm just letting you know if you're going to write it, you have to start in the middle. Oh, uh, well, you know, maybe. Well, narratively, this episode kind of just jumps right in. So, right, we are we are reintroduced to June. Our good friend and nurse who has become the de facto uh, Dr. Bones McCoy of, of Fear of the Walking Dead because she can do anything. Uh, she, can, she can concoct tranquilizers and she can perform field appendectomies and she can uh, just, she's just the most talented yeah. medical professional. If she, she had. Me- she thinks MacGyver's got small dick energy compared yeah. to her. Well, she's a if, team doctor, which means that unlike every other doctor on the planet, in a way that she has absorbed all medical knowledge and can apply it, as opposed to the real world where there are no doctors like that. 
Right. That's well, I will say this. I think I may have said this before uh, on, on this very show, uh, but I kind of I, I, I can suspend a lot of disbelief for this mm-hmm. because even in modern times, like my mom used to be a, a medical missionary and go to Kenya uh, at least once a year for like 10 years before she retired. Oh, uh, shit. She, she spent anywhere from two weeks to three months in Kenya. Uh on a on a jaunt. Sometimes she would only do one a year, and sometimes she would do a, like two or three. But she did that for a really long time. And she used to say that she got on the plane on RN and got off the plane a doctor. Oh because yeah. you know the medical need is so great and being in, you know, she'd be at it, or you know, the orphanage that she worked at in in Kenya was like in the middle of nowhere, and so people came for all sorts of reasons when they knew that there was going to be a medical professional in. So you know, and there are absolute- she can take a look at my tooth. Yes, uh, yeah, maybe. there are absolutely <laughs> nurses and doctors who are far more than just the specialists that a lot of medical professionals are. And they're far and and they are very, very talented and skilled people. And of course we just had a pandemic and those folks literally were out there saving lives. But on TV and movies, all doctors are masters of every discipline. Right. All scientists, astrophysicists can teach you biology because they have a science and that is it's all one thing yeah it's all one thing and i am constantly amazed that there is one medical professional left on the planet and it's june (laughs) everyone there are no other doctors or nurses who survived the, the zombie apocalypse it's just her right and it makes me sometimes i think like today i was thinking about like so she was she was running like clinical trial experiments like, just imagine if if she had not had to go through a zombie apocalypse, if she had just been a medical professional out in the world, like, you know, oh, my gosh. Do you think she would have ever realized what a, you know, amazing – or would she just have been a nurse her whole life? Or would she, like, be a scientist or, Well, she'd be know. happier. I mean, all things mm-hmm. considered. I mean, right. she's had a rough – she's had a rough road. Where would you guys fall in the, in the, what would your, what would your profession be if you had to? I've got an art degree. I am useless. Right. Got, you know, I'm an, I'm a designer and an editor. I mean, there's just, there, there's... You, you don't, you don't know how to do anything else. Oh, sure. I know how to do a lot of other things, but in sure, terms of like, you can't my, be that in the apocalypse. Well, right. There's, there's you can of, be an artist. Well, actually, yes. According to the Commonwealth, I mean, someone's got to design their Nazi banners. Um, and, yeah. Well, I mean, if we made it that far, I don't know if I would make it that far. Like, I have no transferable skills to the zombie apocalypse. I think. I mean, just uh, is. Do you think that I could kill walkers with sass? You okay. could entertain a populace with some sass, and now that would be I valuable. Think, I want a zombie short. Where Dustin defeats the zombie apocalypse through the power of sass. Can't wait to not <laughs> I, watch that movie. I want that. <laughs> if only, if only I were, I were there was some way. I could bluff. I could bluff my way into anything at this point. Well, you 
take something uh, except like a doctor or a scientist or a mathematician that kind of thing i'm not that's not gonna happen well let's just run down the curtis smith l- l- skills here well, leather no for that uh weapon weapon uh knowledge weapon creation uh you're you would be you would be like megan you'd have a little fiefdom going because really, you would have just I, been like I'd probably have a little stand selling baseball bats with barbed wire on them. You know, you'd make a killing. <laughs> ah, God, oh, shit. Time I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Try the veil. I'll be here all week. Anyway, um, so uh, June is, is, is the magic medical professional, the only one left on the planet because as we will learn later, bad things are afoot at the local train station. Right. Um, Padre, again, is just like, oops, all crazy. Oopsie doos. You know, you, you except we, we said we were going to start from the beginning. Did we ever do that? No, we didn't. So uh, our good friend, June is Jenna Elfman, Jenna Elfman uh, is uh, enjoying some time out in the country. She's got herself a little cabin She's got a uh, a hobby. She is doing some crafts. She's making signs that say Padre is a lie, don't go any closer, and warning people away from collection zones and stuff. So she's getting out. She's walking. Um, she's also uh, shooting uh, collectors with tranquilizer darts, taking uh, uh, their trigger fingers and sending them back to Padre. And it is, I have to say, delightful. Oh, yeah. It's almost entirely symbolic and pointless, though. Right. But it is like, delightful. Yes, it's a t- it's would, terrorism is what it is. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just a little one-woman guerrilla war uh, where she is uh, causing anyone who comes within her radius a, a, a significant amount of pain, uh, which I personally love. I mean, it's. I, I really like the mental effect it's going to cause, but in terms of practicality, here we go. You have another finger right there. That oh you, yeah, yeah 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 yeah. You can't right, but, pull a trigger with. But you'll remember every single time that bitch you cut your finger off. Right, and, and like just imagine being the people who are sent out on these patrols. And be like, well, all right, uh, team, team, uh, Fern, Fern Finch, and 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 uh, Whipperwill, uh, you guys are gonna go down the the northeast quadrant. Wait, 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 the northeast quadrant. We're still going to the northeast quadrant. That bitch is gonna cut off our fingers. She doesn't catch everyone. Tree, 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 shrike. She only catches some people. I don't want to take that chance. Yeah, my finger cut off. Notice Morgan still had his finger. Right. Well, yeah. they probably never, never met up. And this is going to be one he, of those he, don't stare directly at the logistics of this because these people are in radio contact and they check in periodically. And somebody with a map is very quickly going to figure out the northeast quadrant is where this is all happening and they are going to send people in there right and they are going to scour through everything and they're going to find her years ago 
Yeah. Oh, well, I noticed tonight. I feel like tonight I got a real, real, um, the, the, uh, the saviors, not the saviors, you know, those people, Leah's group of right, soldiers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Energy from, I'm getting, starting to get that from Padre. Right. A yeah. little. <laughs> uh, especially this episode. So, um, anyway, uh, June is cutting people's fingers off and she's having a great time until she sees somebody has written us on her side. Where are you? How can I find you? And that really freaks her out. And it turns out she is being followed by some idiot named, I don't know, Paul or Aaron or something. It doesn't matter. And he follows her to the cabin and he tells her like, Hey, just so you're aware, there's a whole group of people. We're starting to try and farm an army. We're going to try and go after Padre and see if we can't get our kids back. And uh, June's like, please leave me out of your bullshit. I want nothing to do with it. And he's like, sorry, I'm going to make it your problem. And she's like, oh, God. Uh, and about the time she's trying to decide if she's going to kill this guy the next time he shows up, her newest query comes in. And, it, and she, of course, knocks them out. And it is a group of collectors who are taking a kid named Finch to the uh, clinic because he's got appendicitis. And who are these people, the, this particular group of collectors? Uh, well, uh, it is our old friends, Dwight and Sherry, the most toxic couple on the planet. On the planet. But I have to say they're aging well because they yeah. are fantastic for seven years later in a completely stressful situation. And they, they look exactly. They know You're going to just have to let it go, Tim. Jenna Elfman had just so much Botox between seasons. And if we are going to ignore the fact that she got all of her brows and cheeks tucked and sculpted and filled between last season and this season, we're just going to have to ignore the fact that nobody has aged. She gets a pass because her hair is amazing. <laughs> she does have great hair. That's, That's true. She Good gets hair. a pass. And, but you know, I'll ask her on our honeymoon if she got had some work done. Not, you know, probably probably before I, you know, before like things get intimate because you don't ask a woman about that. Should you have some work done? What do you mean? Yeah, well, you know those. those. Uh, <laughs> dear, dear Jenna Elfman, should you find yourself wanting to come on the show? Um, it, I'm not sure it's going to be safe. <laughs> we love you, Jenna Elfman. We're a safe space. For I am. People. I am not. I am not uh, yucking your yum, Jenny, Jenna Elfman. You look great. Oh yeah, she's fantastic. Uh, anyway, okay, let me so, tell you the first thing I would say to Jenna Elfman if I ever met her. Duh! Yeah. Bye. Now, that's, that's not true. Do. You have met celebrities before, and you would be, I, I could very easily say, I'm a big fan of your work. Uh, you're one of the you're one of the bright spots in Fear of the Walking Dead, this fucking show. Um, and, and uh, you know, thanks for, thanks for doing good work. I'm, I could see you, yeah. Sam. Huh? And, and her swooning. So I wouldn't say any show. of that. No, I would. I would. Nope. Okay, fair enough. I would lose. I would lose all of, all of my kind of like when I I, I walked by uh, Dana Dana from X Files, Jillian Anderson. 
Oh, I walked by her one time at a convention and I couldn't bring myself to look at her because I thought she would know <clears throat> that you are being, she was being watched. Yeah. Yeah. That I was, I was having impure thoughts. And so she's, I just had to get the hell out of there. She's probably experienced that before. Who me? Yeah, she's used to it. Not, no, not, not since your impure, impure thoughts, but she's probably experienced the yearnings of the masses before. Yeah. All right. We're 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 tra- traveling a little bit, you guys. Yeah, so <laughs> so Dwight and Sherry have this kid, Finch, and they're trying to take him to to get his appendicitis is taken care of. But oopsie doodles, uh June has wrecked their boat and they cannot get the 20 miles to the place, the clinic, in time, and they're afraid he's going to die. So they're like, June, you've got to do it. You've got to to perform a, a life-threatening surgery on this child while we uh, watch in a grimy basement somewhere. Oh, and she's and like, let's not get too far into this because, folks, we watched this episode together online, and we generally have ourselves muted, but we'll unmute to say things. Dustin is like, patch your boat. Patch your, you, you don't have a patch? You don't have a way, you don't have a way to fix your, patch your boat. <laughs> even I know boats can be patched. Even I know that. They have kits. And, and I'm an idiot. But that, that so, would, you know, that would get in the way of our, our right. very convenient. They don't have a, pa- pa- like, they wouldn't even need, like, like a little piece of, of inner tube, Curtis said, this big, and some glue and a hand pump, and they could have fixed that boat. Goddamn duct tape. Just duck it. Just oh, duck yeah. it for, duct tape for 20 work. miles. You'll, you'll get there. Well, they're going to wish they'd have done that by the end of the episode. Or So anyway, they, Jenna's like, or June is like, well, I guess I know a place we can go. And so she takes them to this abandoned train that's also a complete medical facility. And, of course, Sherry is like, what is this? And they all have bird names, and we're not going to talk about the bird names. I don't Dwight's think the writer a... should get any credit at all for making it all bird names because who gives a shit? Oh, it's dumb right. as shit. It's it's just dumb. It's I'm sorry. It, I don't. It's dumb. Right. It's dumb. It's stupid. Why did they do it? And <laughs> so so they they go to this place and about the time that they're trying to put the kid under uh, is when June realizes. Wait a minute. This is the this kid is the right age and he's got the same floppy hair. This is your kid, isn't it? And uh, Sherry and Dwight are like, shut up. We did we did all the we we drank the Kool-Aid and we did all the things and we don't want to talk about it. Also, we don't want to talk about the fact that this is an eight-year-old or seven-year-old being played by an actor who is clearly 12, 13 years old. Yeah. Because she June's like, this is the baby that you guys were pregnant with when we got to Padre in the first place. It's like, absolutely not. <laughs> That's absolutely not true. <laughs> sure, I guess we can pretend that, but it's not real. 
so they're like, why, Sherry? June is like, how How did this happen? How did you guys get assigned to take him to the clinic? And Sherry's like, well, we kind of lied. And, you know, by the time we get back, it'll be none the wiser. We'll just have gotten to spend a little time with him, and everything will be fine. And, of course, they are so obviously like his parents for the rest of the time. And, and the only reason this kid doesn't know these are his parents is because he doesn't know what parents are. And who should show up at the train but fucking Michael or Bobby or whatever the fuck his name was. It doesn't matter. Yeah, And he's like, I'm going to kill all of you and do things. And June's like, please don't kill us all. And that's about the time they start reading files and shit, right? Yeah. Yeah, so Joseph Mengele apparently was working in this place because it's all kind of mad scientist torture shit going on in this in this train of doom. We'll come back to who the who the 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 mad doctor is a little bit later. Um, right. But yeah, it's a this is this is a bad train. Yes. So what it come what if it turns out is that uh, somebody got in their head the idea that you could cure a walker bite uh, with radiation. And so June, being the only medical professional in the world, was assigned to this facility where her job was essentially to try and cure people of walker bites. And she was uh, provided with subjects to try and cure and she had to try and like, like, document each case, and it was really gross, and she hated it, and so she ran away. And apparently, well, she was the only person working there because everything ground to a halt without her. Yeah, no other doctors, nobody there. Did, nobody, like, it, Padre didn't want any kids, adults around, very few, and so of course he's not going to find another doctor. Well, you gotta have at least an intern to pick up the slack and make the coffee. I mean, you know, you don't just abandon things because the one, the one nurse practitioner in the planet goes away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's true. <sighs> so anyway, um, so everybody's really freaked out about being in this crazy death death train, and. Uh, Adrian or Bobby or Stuart or whatever his name is decides bad dad. bad dad. He decides the best thing to do is to shoot the place up about it. And he accidentally hits the power. And now, Oh God, we got to do a fetch quest mission where Dwight and Sherry have to go over the top of the train to the other side of the train. Cause the, the train is full of walkers full, just shocked. Full. Remember that chock full of walkers is mm. the train is described as chock full of them. Yes, uh, so there was just so many, so many uh, that they have to go across the top, turn on the power, and then come back across the top. And so they do that successfully. But then Sherry has one of her Sherry moments, and I just wish that I didn't hate her so much because Sherry has decided. That she no longer wants to go back to Padre. She wants to abscond with their son and try and build a life. 
And this is where I get very much like Leah and the soldiers. Like, this is stuff that should have happened years ago. Like, I can see somebody being like, I think it's best to to leave my child in the in the care of the state while I go off and do other things for maybe a couple of years. But when you are constantly around that kid, because Dwight and Sherry both, this kid knows both of them, knows them both by the bird name. I would not be able to do that. I would be like, okay, well, I've decided I don't want to do this anymore. And uh, I want to take my, I'm going to figure out how to take my kid and leave. That would have happened six years into seven. Like seriously, it would have been not very long. It were also, it gives me very much the village, you know, M. Night. Sh yeah. I, I, I'm still trying to figure out the logic here because well, it's not the logic. This, it wasn't earned. Right. You 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 add something like that to to a, a story. It has to be earned. There was nothing leading up to it. There was, and the only reason, the only way it paid off was how it paid off later, uh, when that idea was removed for them. Well, yeah, but I mean, even just the, at the basics. I mean, we're talking somewhere along the way. The argument that your child will be better off with us never knowing who you are given we give them a name we you know i mean and in this world that we're living this post this zombie world we have the solution and this is going to make sense to all of these characters who have agreed to go along with it and we have yet to have the actual arg i know we're only two episodes in we have yet to have the actual argument. What, what's the sales pitch here? And I am dying to hear the sales pitch here because I cannot get my head around any kind of logic that would make a parent sit there and say, in this world, and, and, and look. I, We're meant to it, think that it's something huge. There's a big thing. And yeah, and it, I mean, look, people, people give up children. Okay, it's you, you people give, give up children for adoption. You know, I, I know my kid, but my ex-wife and I gave our kid up for adoption. We just happen to be really, really lucky that we got to know her her entire life. It's and that's very rare. Mm -hmm. And so I, I completely understand that there's a decision that people can make that that is the best thing for the kid. But I look at this bird themed cult that we are in here and I'm looking at the characters that we have followed for how long now and putting those two things together and saying, yes, our heroes would have agreed to this as the best solution to the problem. And I'm going, um, no. how, how does this work? And, and Madison, <laughs> Madison is the voice of reason. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> There's kind of a problem when our favorite psycho killer is the one going, are you fucking kidding me? Right. But well, we'll come to that later. Then June, June peaced out. Like June, June's been out cutting off people's fingers for a couple of years now. So, you know, anyway. Uh, so uh, as Sherry and Dwight are coming back across the top of the train, they stop to have this conversation about, hey, where Sherry's like, hey, 
I know I do this every couple of years, but I think we should try and be together again. Like, you know, I'll, I'll, I promise I'll stick around this time. I promise this time I'm not going to freak out and run away like I do. Oh, every single time we end up getting together. Uh, but let's give it a go. Let's bring a kid into it. Because you know what saves toxic relationships? Adding a baby. And Dwight, being the complete cuck that he is, is like, of course, <laughs> sounds great to me. And, you know, so as they are hugging it out, uh, the roof caves in and they fall into the train. Remember, is full of walkers, completely full of walkers, this train. They fall into a cabin of this train that has maybe six in it. And it's how many years into this zombie apocalypse? Well, 10, but, 12? Yeah, but these are also walkers who are in uh, medical gowns. They're in the little the little gowns for right. the hospital. They're all experiments. They're all experiments. Yeah. They're all failed experiments. Oh, by the way, um, yes. uh, roofs of trains don't do that. They don't. They you mean don't. a perfect hole doesn't open up underneath somebody's feet? That, Among other things, yes. They, they just don't do that. They're designed to be a something slightly more structurally sound, but we digress. So anyway, there are so many six of walkers in this car that Dwight and Sherry are immediately overwhelmed and have to climb up on uh, a luggage rack to get away from the six of walkers. And so they call back to June like, June, you've got to come save us. And June's like, oh, no, I have to go through the train full of walkers. And Bad Dad is like, well, okay, we'll have fun. She's like, okay, she doesn't know. They tell her not to save them. Save yeah. our kid who is still under anesthesia, but the anesthesia is wearing off. And, you know, he's in danger of having a burst appendix. But go save, don't save us, save our child. Yeah. And she's like, ah, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. fine. <laughs> well, it's a good thing she didn't start operating because. So she goes into the next car, and yes, there are probably like maybe 15 or so walkers in this car, but they are chained to pipes. And instead of walking down the line and just like bopping them each in the head once, you know, give them each one a good little little stabbing in their mushy brain pans, she cries a little bit and apologizes to them as she walks through them. And of course, about the time she gets to, when she gets to the door, that spawns the villain mode of the walkers, and they all gain super strength and break through the pipes and come at her. And she's able to shoot a couple of them, but they start to overwhelm her, and then Bad Dad shows up to save her. Also with Bad Dad is Finch, who is no longer under anesthesia at all. He is awake. So it's a good thing she didn't start operating on that kid because it would have been super duper bad. Yeah, there's he a, woke up in the middle screaming. There's a whole there's a number of problems with this whole sequence. One, if she had checked the anesthesia and made sure that he was under and had operated and had been successful, none of the events that this episode ends with would have happened that way. So there's that. Right. Second, when you wake up from anesthesia. You don't wake up just like, ah, oh, what a lovely day. I feel refreshed. That's not how anesthesia works. And two... That's what killed Michael Jackson. And 
Um, you left out the heads in the jars. I love the heads in the jars. I figured somebody would come there. <laughs> this whole this whole episode is worth it just for the walking down the aisle of a train surrounded by zombie heads in jars. It's a great visual. And if this if this entire episode had no dialogue, we should make that challenge right now. Fucking Buffy did it. Uh, this would have this would have been a much more effective episode if we just didn't have to hear what any of these idiots were saying. Right. <laughs> yeah. So they saved White and Sherry from the three walkers that are menacing them. It's so stupid. I can't. I cannot get over how stupid it is that these two people could not. These people could not take care of any of these walkers. They're out of ammo. But they have the higher ground, and don't they have knives? Yeah, they just fine. stab the top of the head of the, the walkers as they get closer. Aren't they made of jello? Yeah. Don't we know that by now? Yeah, it's fine. It's no. fine. It's stupid and idiotic and fine. So they get back to that final car, and they saved White and Sherry. And oh, we forgot. Bad Dad's been looking for his daughter. This whole thing is his. He's got a daughter, and she's probably about twelve because Padre took her when she was about. Uh, seven years old, and that was a couple of years ago. And she, he wants her back. He's trying to get her back. He's doing everything he can to get her back. And it's, all of his hope is getting his daughter back. And it's very, very, very serious for Bad Dad. He wants that kid back. So they get back to the very back of the train, and they get uh, Dwight and Sherry off of off of the roof, and they kill the three walkers that are menacing them. And then Bad Dad notices that in the next car is some kid walkers and among the kid walkers is his daughter and so he kind of loses it a little and he attacks june and it's like what happened here tell me for realsies and so june's like okay fine i was the doctor that had the idea that maybe you could you could uh cure a walker bite with uh, radiation because Alicia last season had a really bad, like I remembered a girl who had a really bad flu that she thought was Walker bite. <laughs> and, and, you know, so I decided that it might be worth checking out, trying to figure it out. Maybe radiation could cure it. Now we've had our time jump here. So if June's theory is right, then Alicia is dead of radiation poisoning. No, Alicia's fine. She's going to be showing up in the oh, last like episode or two. Just but, fine. But if June's theory is right, Alicia's dead of radiation poisoning. Well, if I will give you that if you give me Michael Poops in her uh, in her suit. <laughs> no, um, but here's the thing: I don't think this. The I don't think, and I don't think a lot of people think for real that Alicia was infected with Walker bite. I think she just had, you know, a really bad infection. I think she was dealing with some staff and, you know, maybe a, maybe a something like that. And she just had to make it through that. Right. Right. She, she got, she got bit and she had her arm cut off and then she was sick. Yeah. And 
shockingly, that's kind of what happens when someone chops off your arm in the post-apocalyptic it's, world. It's and hallucinating all people. over the place. Yeah. It's shocking, shocking more people aren't sick after that. Like, uh, so many people in this show just are like, oh, I've lost a limb. I suppose I'll go for a stroll now. And that is just so dumb. But so... So at first it was good. Like she tried really hard to help people who had been legitimately bitten by walkers. And then, uh, like she said, Shrike, the the character who was played uh, by my new favorite character. I just love her. I think she's evil and I love I it. I can't wait to see that bitch die, but she's got to hold on for a while yet. Yeah. Oh, we need her for now. I just love her. She's just so evil. She's so evil. Started bringing people to infect with walker bite and that's when june decided that was too much and one of the people that she tried to save was bad dad's daughter who had uh been bitten on accident and she tried to save her and couldn't uh although you know what are you gonna do like no she 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 fixed the zombie bite but the radiation killed her is that what she said? Yeah, yeah. So the cure the cure is worse than the disease. It's actually it actually hurts people more than just dying of the zombie bite to get the radiation treatment. So clearly this was a good plan. Right. And it's just not working. Nobody nobody so that's why she left. She had to get out of there. And of course bad dad is so distraught because his whole reason for living for the last 7 years has been you know, Sophia in the in the barn uh, this whole time. And uh, so he goes and feeds himself to all the children walkers. And it's super sad. It's, uh, it's like it's like we're on that uh, that episode of Next Gen where Picard goes down to that planet where the guys only talk in metaphors or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Jalad at the sun. Darmac when the when the rain came. Yeah, that's right. Right. We're we're going dharma at the railroad car <laughs> right and we know and we know I, in I, context I, that means big trouble yeah, right man. uh so uh everybody's super sad but they go and they give give finch his uh his surgery and everything works out. He's he's gonna be okay and who should show and and dwight and sherry are like hey um, I've just we've decided to leave the uh the padre and we'd love it if you came and got to witness our massive fights and catastrophic uh breakups and makeups that we're gonna have over the next several years and all the trauma uh, we're going to cause our child in, in right. the process, yes. Mm -hmm. She's a doctor. And, Can't she technically marry people? Can't she just marry Sherry? And well, she can because June can do everything. We've established right. that. that's what I'm saying. You know, the new and law so, says that she can do that. Just about the time she's like, "Yes, I, I'm ready to have something to live for." That's when Shrike shows up with her little team of evil minions, mm -hmm. and she's like, "I knew this is where you would come." I heard because. you were thinking of a happy ending. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> I knew this is where you would come. Which, and of course, like, is why June should have been caught years ago. Right. But No, it's fine. Let's look at the flowers, so, June. 
<laughs> so uh, Shrike is all like, "I'm. I think it's time for us to to stop backup operations here at at the the cancer the the radiation zombie labs." And she's like, "I won't do it. I won't do it." And and she's like, oh, "I think you will." And so she goes and cuts off Bad Dad's head, and she brings his zombie head in, and she infects Finn with the zombie virus while his mother, father, and auntie watch, just screaming, I'm going to kill you Can at I, her. Do you, mind, do you mind if I described the ridiculous apparatus? That they I'll do it. Oh, Please do. Okay, so the bad guys show up. One of them's just carrying around a zombie head, which he then... As you do. Yeah, you know, you got to have one. <laughs> got to catch them all. <laughs> so he mounts this head into this clamping mechanism, which is attached to kind of a, it's the kind of thing that you would find a, a, a dentist lamp on, like an arm, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And then, and then, uh, what's her name? Uh, that albino lady, Shrike. Shrike. Um, puts she moves the moves the little head on the on the armature close to the child, and then just, ever so slowly, she, she, yeah, yeah, like yeah, like she's got all day, and she stops it about six inches away from the child and decides that's perfect, because then she pushes a button which actuates a very, very slow-moving piston that extends the head the full six inches to where to where the zombie can just start num, 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 a little bit. <laughs> all the, and again, like I said, all the while, Dwight and Sherry and June screaming and Dwight looking at her like, and saying, but look, I am going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. You are going to die. But Shrike is such a maniac. She's like, why would you kill me? Without me, your child may die. Oh, she's, but she's Fuck already. you, lady. <laughs> yeah. And she puts her. We're doing this for the children's speech. Yeah. We're, and we're she puts her, her, her fake prosthetic finger up to her lip. <laughs> because June shot her. We didn't mention it. But when she was escaping, June shot her finger off. Cut her finger. Her cut. She was the first finger she cut off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shrike's. Strike's little finger. Which is makes it even better when Shrike co- says, shows up and says, I knew you'd be here. Because again, we come back to the fact that June has been chopping off people's fingers and the person who is clearly mentally stable and least likely to not going on a roaring rampage of revenge is this Shrike person who says things like, everything we do is to protect the children. She's like, and she's yes. like, goddamn nurse ratchet, and the lady from uh, oh, uh, she's delightful. Yeah, oh, she's she's every evil thing in the world, and she is going to be so much fun to watch until she dies dumb because that's what this show does to villains who are the least bit interesting. Remember, remember when uh, Madison uh, took the psychopath kid under her wing for like a full year and then like 
used him to get what she wanted, and then when she didn't need him anymore, she bashed his head in with a hammer. Oh, you remember that? Glorious. It was a glorious that was a moment. I, that's that's worth going back and witnessing all over again. We cheered. We legit cheered ladies and gentlemen when she brained him with a hammer it was a oh. beautiful moment we hated him it's it's kind of one of those uh those uh you know i've my brother i know he's big and dumb but he really fucked up accidentally killed this person so i'm gonna make him stare at the rabbits <laughs> and then i'm gonna no, but- brain him with a fucking hammer <laughs> except instead of my brother it was like well this child has served his purpose yeah, yeah, yeah. I've gotten everything I need out of him. Right? I'm through with you. But so I'm I'm really looking forward to that sort of thing happening a lot in this season. <laughs> because again, I feel like they've done they're just they're just I mean, unfortunately they're following the fear of the walk the walking dead formula where we know like they've announced this is the last season. We know that they're gonna just destroy the fuck out of Padre. It's just we have to now we have to enjoy the watching of it. Yeah, I mean it is. We 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 all went to the same amusement park and we know what the end result is gonna be, but it's still fun getting there. Well, except we've been yeah. on this ride a few too many times. We have. We're we're like trying to set some kind of record. But but here's the thing. We have a t- when well, no, we'll talk we'll talk about the on next week's episode teaser stuff after after we talk about uh, uh the rest of things because june june now must do the evil experiments again to save the child who will die probably in the next 24 hours yeah so be, but it is june and you know she's june zombie medicine woman and so right so it's going to be that's going to be a very interesting subplot because um to to have because we're gonna get to go back to to June and and uh, Finch hanging out while she irradiates him so that he won't die of zombie bite but die of radiation poisoning. It'll be fun. What they need to do. What okay? This is how you. This is how you get the cure to the zombie virus. Oh, good. Are, are you ready? I figured it out. I just it just popped into my brain. I need okay. to know it. So you have an infected person and you bring in a pregnant lady and you infect the pregnant lady and then you irradiate the pregnant lady because as we learned with Grace's pregnancy, the baby sucks up all the radiation and now mom's blood is the cure for the zombie virus. I just solved it. On accident, I solved it. Check my math. In in the logic of the Fear of the Walking Dead universe, there is a very good chance you are completely right. Because if you will recall, we were all certain, everybody was certain Grace was going to die of radiation poisoning because she was super irradiated for a really super long time. But she didn't die from the radiation poisoning because the baby that she had been pregnant with the entire time that she was irradiated sucked up all the radiation. As babies are wont to do. Very, very well. I think I think that you have a good point. The baby filter. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think that's perfectly reasonable. And it's still, like, it's still super evil. Like, it's still like, okay, we're going to be sacrificing pregnant women and babies to get this cure. The, the, the you know, the, the yeah, cure yeah, is like still worse than the disease. Yeah, like you said about that Dr. Meringue, you know. And, you know, like you said, yeah, the radiation can kill the zombie virus and you can survive it, but then you're going to be all radiated and die anyway. Uh, but this way, uh, you can take the blood from the lady and turn that into a slurry and, you know, make it take you to the sprinkle mines. Oh, man, and there's going to be some some gentlemen in certain religions that aren't going to like ingesting in any way lady blood. <laughs> I don't know. I'm still stuck in blood slurry. Anyway, 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 anyway. Moving on. Oh, so you can you can keep the cure in repurposed Flavo ice packets. Grape flavor and lemon lime. <laughs> I will just say. I will say that if this show, if if Fear the Walking Dead ends with them discovering the cure if if june and finch if june is able to cure finch's bite and save him with radiation and they figure out the cure uh, by the end of this show i think then, i'm gonna be bam, okay with it. june falls into a pit of snakes and dies on accident that would be nice i you know if if this show was the first three seasons of fear of the walking dead that would be exactly what happened june would june would find the cure and then would die tragically yeah i figured it out oh wait as soon as she meets as soon as she meets madison like you know because june's never met madison but, They've but never she doesn't write down the final formula that worked is the problem so they have to go a whole season trying to figure out what she did well, thankfully, we're not getting a season nine. No, no. I'm just saying in 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 the parallel universe where this show is still bad. Well, I really <laughs> liked this episode, actually. I Me liked too. it a lot. Um, I, anytime that I can complain about Dwight and Sherry's terrible relationship, I'm going to I'm going to be uh, there. Did you mention it. that that uh, that uh, what, Grace June 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 got her finger cut off? Oh no, I didn't. Yes, that's did. how the episode ended. I think, right? Yeah, yeah. And not well, nearly as of. neatly as she was doing it. Oh, gee, there was no care taken whatsoever. She, what June would do was shoot you with a tranquilizer dart that she manufactures in her laboratory with her super powerful air rifle, uh, and then when you had been uh, knocked unconscious by the dart. She would then uh, magic your boat over to her side of the of the river, where she would then uh, dead in the area, uh, clean it up, uh, surgically remove your index finger, uh, and then cauterize the wound, and then push you back out into the water until you woke up without a finger. So my question is: Was it both fingers? Because if they're gonna if they're gonna cut off both of June's fingers, no, just the first, just on the on her shooting finger, just on the shoot, just the shooting finger. So, but they, they forget that she that she was with both John Dory and John Dory Junior Senior, uh, and and she probably knows how to shoot with both hands. I was gonna say, Two are hands. we gonna get the scene where it's like? 
I'm not right-handed. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably she's just going to shoot with her middle finger like the rest of them do. Well, and the thing is, is that, okay, guys, if, if look, this is really inconvenient. I'm for the folks at home. I'm holding up my hands. This is really inconvenient, but if you really want to damage somebody, you cut off their pinky mm. because this, the way your hand is structured, there's a whole lot of, of, strength in your hand that is actually because of your pinky you people better be oh. taking notes on this so if you want to damage someone's hand that's if you're ever in the zombie apocalypse and you wanted to uh to uh incapacitate your enemy enemies pinky finger you're seeing you're seeing enemy <laughs> i don't need my ring finger that bad well no you don't actually it's but it doesn't impact anything. I could get along with just an index finger, a pinky, and a thumb. The claw. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I'd look like I'd look like the little little alien man. But um yeah, so June isn't a bad place. Evil scientist experiments are gonna be happening. Shrike is a bad person who is clearly having a good time playing a very evil culty person. Meanwhile. She and she has such a unique look. Oh yeah. Well, and yeah, she's got that deadpan, that little, that little smile. She does. She does this. She does a great little smile. Yeah. She's not. She's not an unattractive woman. She's an unusual woman. She's got a yeah. She's she has a very distinct appearance. And well, it, she's she's one of those women that can can look like will allow herself to look unusual because I've seen like I've seen her in other things and in interviews and stuff. And she is a very attractive young woman, mm -hmm. but she's got that really good character actress face mm -hmm. that allows her to, to, you know, and she can, she, she's not afraid to like lean into mm -hmm. looking weird and making weird facial movements. Yeah. But she seems pretty stoic in this role though. And it's working for her because if you look, I've had this conversation with a number of actors who are just fucking up, but she's not because she's playing that she's playing the villain with truth and honesty, but also with subtlety, you know, well, That's she's important. playing a true believer. She's playing she's, someone who believes what she's saying. All the thing about we're trying to, we're doing this for the children. Mm. She believes it. She is, yeah. she is invested in this worldview and, She's the kind of woman who kidnap a, a writer and then hobble him so he'll write rewrite the last book of a series. Yeah. Sure, sure. <sighs> so anyway, all that ends. Everybody's in a really bad place. Uh, and then we get to Morgan and Madison who are being transported somewhere. And Madison's like, where do you think they're taking us? And Morgan's like, I don't know. As long as it's away from my mistakes, I don't care. And she's like, what could you possibly have done to make you into this person? Again, even though I don't know that this is a pattern for you, I'm guessing it's a pattern for you. So what, what's happening in this scene is that Bethany, you guys remember Bethany, right? Bethany snuck into the script her rewrite because she's the audience surrogate here where she's wrote in, this is just scrawled inside Kim Dickens' script. It's <laughs> yeah. like, what the fuck is going on? Mm -hmm, Why yeah. are you acting like this? And she's reading the script going, 
That's a good question. I don't know. And so she actually worked it into the dialogue. That was not in the original script because there's no way <laughs> that with the rest of this show going on, we get this logical, sensible question of explain all this bullshit to me. Yeah. And last time, I, albeit, yes, it was seven years ago, but last time we spoke, this was not where your head was at. Like, <laughs> you know. So anyway, uh, she fakes a coughing fit and they do the the whole like, she's sick, she needs help uh, thing. And instead of both of them escaping, Morgan sacrifice Madison sacrifices herself so Morgan can escape. And so then Madison can go and be uh, maybe uh, an experiment with uh, with June. I think that's probably what's going to happen next. Oh, okay, okay. Well, then we then get our preview for the upcoming episode where we get all our all our old friends are coming back, and we get to see Daniel. And we get to see a giant bunch of walkers behind a fence. And we get to see Madison saying, it's time to come out of the shadows, you evil mastermind. And gee, the hammer goes to the mayor. And I really, really want it to be Strand. It's not. No, and, but it would be just like, because because we, we had our Strand going supervillain, cartoon supervillain last season. And then he had his redemption arc. And then I'll be it late in the game and and yeah, well, well, yeah, the whole thing was a mess. But considering how much character assassination this season is setting out to do to our characters, I can completely see them resetting him to evil villain mode. Now it doesn't make any sense because of course uh Padre predates his arrival there, but right. part of me just wants because then I will know. Then I will know that the writers have sat there and said, ah, fuck it. Well, and they pointedly kind of said that nobody has seen him. Right. So, you know, what I kind of, I don't know, because like we, we, we know he's off doing amazing work somewhere. Oh, he's on, yeah, uh, he's probably got a, he's got a stage run somewhere. Uh, I I'll kind of, be I, right back. <laughs> well, he's out making man. Oscar nominated short films and, and, you know, being amazing so but the thing is is that we're if this is the next episode then we are all of a sudden in the we're fighting back against padre thing and we're only three episodes in so it's yeah. like what is i i have this i actually do have the fear it's not going to be strand i'm just joking the the thing that i am afraid is that we are going to defeat padre like two more episodes and padre has been defeated and our heroes are triumphant and then we're going to have the same thing we had with The Walking Dead, which is a whole bunch of filler episodes where a thing happened, but there's 48 minutes around that thing where we have to catch up with all of our 40,000 cast members. No, no, they're going to, they're going to, your princess is in another castle at least twice. <laughs> um, Probably. You know, I think what we're going to discover when more, when Madison breaks that window uh, is that he, he is just a box that Padre is just a box and he is not there. He is yeah. in some other location. Yeah. He's, they're going to Charlie, Charlie's angel us there. And and so then we're gonna have to like there's gonna be a very very like where is he sort of I did look up because computer knows everything yeah and I asked computer uh, to tell me who played 
who was doing the voice and they gave me the actor's name and I looked him up. He's not familiar to me at all. Good. Hmm. Nor is his resume. Excellent. It, it would be nice to have a villain that we, um, we don't know. And I'm looking forward to the explanation as to why anybody thinks I, any of this nonsense is a good idea. I want it to be a computer generated Fred Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> sitting back there going well we survived this all the things and now the children are mine <laughs> i'll have all your children now so we're friends <laughs> me and these children okay that's genuinely creepy and I think that would be it's fred rogers cgi would be it would be fucking wonderful Oh, I'm going to CGI him in every movie I make from now on. Mm. Well, this was fun. <laughs> I I don't know uh, how I'm going to feel as we as we find out where other characters are. Mm-hmm. But I liked I liked this reveal that Dwight and Sherry are just as terrible as they've always been. <laughs> June has has uh, somehow. Uh, just decided she was gonna just like fuck everything up as much as she could. It's very on brand. I love that. So I mean, we've got like Daniel. Like I, I'm super, super interested in what they're gonna do with Daniel uh, to explain how his uh, dementia went away. Right. Well, I, I'm really looking forward to finding out how it didn't. Too. Because yeah. he's a fine actor, he'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean, the, the good news is is that even though Ruben Blades, the good Bye. news is, is that even though some of these characters are being written terribly, they are being acted by really talented people. So it's always been the saving grace of both of these shows. Yeah, yeah, and and it, I, I I think there's a certain amount of let's go out in a blaze of ridiculous glory. That's happening this season. Yeah, there's a whole lot of dumb that people are really invested in in terms of in terms of the performances. So I'll yeah. give them that. I'll give them that. We we, and I think that's important I, for folks. Okay. So we, do you think do you think that that Daniel is the leader of the resistance or is Daniel of general in Padre's army? So, considering Daniel's skill set, were I Padre, Daniel would be cutting hair, man. I would be trying very, very hard to have someone like Daniel on my side. However, considering Daniel's view about children and his paternal protectiveness that he has exhibited multiple times, I think this world, this Pol Pot, I think would infuriate him. Yeah. I don't, and and yes, he could play the long game and be the inside man. Which but, he's done several times on this show. Yeah, but that's just, I mean, that's kind of it. It's like, but seven years of it? I don't, I don't think Daniel could... I think he doesn't know where he is, and he's just cutting hair. Um, but we saw him at the like and murdering. We yeah, we and murdering, doing a lot of murder, and but but at reasonable prices, and it's a great trim. So, yeah. 
odds of you actually living through the haircut, eh, you know. He will give you one of the six approved haircuts. Uh, anyway, that's going to be fun. I'm enjoying it so far. Well, that in the last last episode made me. You know, I also like how uh, all the kids are like the adults have stupid bird names. Mm. Like the the adults are named after dumb birds, but every kid seems to have a uh, their name is like would also be a normal name, like Wren and Finch and Dove and like you know they're not too bad. Like they're okay. not so warbler. On, yeah. God damn it, mop that. On one level, what they're doing is they're stripping the identity, the original identity, if they had one, because of course they're most of them are babies when they're taken. But if they had a name, if they if that identity has been stripped away and it's being shaped by the Padre people. It's a brainwashing technique. The thing that doesn't make a lick of sense is putting the parents of any of these people in any way having an opportunity to interact with them. If right. you're going to do that. I mean, there's, again, there's, if you look at how this stuff is meant to work, the idea that Dwight and Sherry could have ever seen their kid again is incredibly dumb. But I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, Zombie drama. I mean, what do you expect? I mean, yeah. you got a, a couple you islands it's away. It's a soap opera. A couple islands away, they they um actually they collect the elderly, and they give them dog names. <laughs> yeah. So there's like, you know, scout dog names: Doberman, Poodle. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> All right, fair enough. So the, yeah, and those writers for that they patted themselves on the back too. Because they thought they were being fucking clever. <sighs> we'll see. That's where that's out. where what's his name is. He went to the elderly island with all the other people who are senile and also would, training to do battle. It would be really amazing if our if our saviors of this show, and I don't mean the saviors in Negan, I mean like the saviors of of you know the the cavalry coming in turns out to be the the geriatric set. Mm. Saved mm, by Grandma. I would love to see this show with Stephen King dialogue. You know how it's got that flavor? Yeah. Well, they tried it a couple. I mean. Do you think so? They've done it a couple of times. Where they've given it like that whole like. Like that's the whole reason that I disliked Eugene is because he talked like a character in a novel and not like a real person. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yes. Strand does that kind of shit all the time. He never yeah. talks like a real person. Yeah. But he does it with flair. But right. but you know, I mean, the stuff I write, I I don't let people talk like real people because it doesn't help me tell the story. Mm. It's better if it's better if they talk like like they knew what they were going to say before they said it, I guess. <laughs> well, you do you do you do a lot of theater and theater has a certain amount of artifice to the structure and it works that way so. yep yeah that's yeah that's right that's right you know way she goes but we should probably wrap it up uh yeah i was yeah, gonna say like... this is um we'll have to see how this all plays out this is going to be an interesting season um the fear of the walking dead has been a mess for years i'm interested to see what they do if they can even come close to sticking the landing and i just want to see madison brain a lot of people with a hammer 
That's what I yeah. hope for. Yeah. And uh, and I want to see her and Strand back to back fighting zombies. That would be okay. And then yeah. Alicia comes over the hill on a pony. And anyway, um, folks, if you enjoyed listening to us ramble, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. You can check out our Patreon, uh, Zompocalypse Now on Patreon. Look us up there, and we will. We are, there's also a link here in the show notes. Uh, and uh, if you want to support us, that'd be great. Thank you. If not, if you could just give us a rating, say something nice about the show, that we would appreciate that as well. Check out the Outbreak Challenge. Um, because Call me out for my accidental racism. Let let Curtis know what you think. He, he wants <laughs> and to tell me how many pregnant ladies you think it would take to cure the zombie apocalypse. Is it is it is it more than two? Is it more than six? Is it in fact a baker's dozen? And um, <laughs> you went BBC on that one. I liked it. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm here to help. <laughs> All right, folks. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens next time. Dustin, thank you. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Curtis. Thank you, Tim. And as always, folks, we do thank you for listening. We really do appreciate it. Thanks for listening, and we will see you on our next episode of Zompocalypse Now. Zompocalypse Now is produced and recorded by Timothy Harvey, Dustin Adair, and Curtis Smith for Just Some Guy Productions. All rights reserved. <laughs>